This morning, as of many weeks uh, lately, is going to be a little bit different. Um, so not a preach as such, because actually we want to take some time this morning to talk about um, Gateway Furniture. Um, many of you will know we've been through a, a really challenging season with Gateway Furniture. It's been a real struggle. And uh, over the last couple of months, actually, on a number of occasions, we've got together and asked you to pray uh, just for God's provision, for God's wisdom, for God's leading in what we do going forward. Um, and there's been lots of thought, there's been lots of deliberation and prayer over the last few weeks from all of us, and particularly um, elders and trustees. And I'm here really to tell you this morning that we've finally come to the conclusion that we actually need to close Gateway Furniture. Um, it's been a key part of us for the last 13 years. Um, it's quite a significant part of Gateway's story, both in terms of uh, the way that we've served in this town and been a blessing in this town, but also, obviously, for a number of, of individuals, um, volunteers, staff, some of whom are in the room this morning. Um, it's been a key part of the last few years, obviously. And so it's quite a significant decision that we've made. Um, and the impact will be, will be felt, um, not just amongst our family here, but also, I think, wider in, in the town. So we really wanted to take some time to explain how we've got to this point, to invite us to pray. We're going to hear from Andrew, um, who's the project manager, in a little bit. Um, he'll just be able to share um, um, his part, which will be really good. But um, yeah, so that's the plan. I realize that in a room like this, as ever, there's a whole range of um, people here. Some will never have even heard about Gateway Furniture. Some of you may have been really involved with it for years and years and years, and, and it's been a key part of how you've um, served. So I realize there's a whole range. Um, I will back up in just a minute and kind of explain how we arrived at this decision, how we arrived at this point. But just to say, it has been an incredibly difficult decision for us um, as leaders and also as trustees. Um, Gateway Furniture has been an amazing project, uh, as I say, since 2009. It has served this town in incredible ways, often unseen, but actually latterly um, increasingly uh, visible and seen, particularly during the pandemic, where it, the, the reputation um, outside as people were served, getting out of hospital during COVID and all of that um, actually became quite a, a prized thing in the town, I think. And uh, I, I've probably said here before that often it felt like um, it, Gateway Furniture was much better known in the town than Gateway Churches. Maybe that, that not a surprise. Um, so it has been an amazing project. It's been a really difficult decision to get to the point where we feel it's right to close it. Um, we're having to make all six of the employed staff redundant. As I say, some of them are in the room. Um, so just over this last week or 10 days, we've been through the consultation process with those guys. Um, uh, so just to say, please be aware of that and please be keeping um, the team in particular in your prayers and thoughts. Um, and let's just get around them and support them, particularly in prayer, um, as they work out what to do next. Okay, let me back up uh, a little bit and just tell you a, a, 
a very succinct story of what uh, of the journey of Gateway Furniture, and then I'm going to get Andrew to come and share as well. So for those of you who aren't aware, back in 2009, Gateway Furniture was begun by Kevin and Dawn, who many of you will know. It was a vision that they had, and it really began with them um, in a with a garage and a trailer on the back of their car, collecting second-hand furniture, good quality second-hand furniture that people no longer needed, and then giving it away to people who were in need, for pe to people who had nothing. And the vision was really that those who were some of the very, uh, some of those in the most need uh, around us in the town would be able to have things that they wouldn't otherwise be able to get hold of and to turn a house into a home. That's always the, the phrase that, that Kevin and Dawn used that I, I remember. Um, so it started small, but gradually over the last 13 years, it's built and it's built until it's become the, the thing that it is today. Um, partway along that journey, I can't remember the year, Andrew might be able to tell me, but the, when was the shop? When did the shop in the center of town get added into the story? I don't actually know, but there may be people in the room. I remember we had these big work parties. There's a whole crowd of people from the church who got into this shop that was unused in Havelock Square um, and cleared out and swept and cleaned and painted. Was, who, was in, who was in that team? Is there anybody actually in the room now? Not actually very many these days. Um, so there was a shop in town where increasingly we took excess furniture and we sold it and that became the, the route for financing the project so that we could give more away in referrals. So we would, there were a number of agencies, I think, how many agencies in the town, Andrew? Hunt, over 60 agencies in the town who would refer people to us um, who were in real need and, and could do with the, just that provision of furniture that we were able to give them. We also used part of the warehouse, Bible Society's warehouse next door for storing the furniture. Many of you will have seen the van around with the, with the signage on the side, um, collecting from people's homes and then delivering furniture as well. Um, it, as I say, it got to the point, I think maybe at some points we've employed more than six people, but a whole range of employees um, and volunteers as well. And Andrew, um, Andrew Williams took over uh, at the beginning of 2017, uh, leading the project and has just done an amazing job with that. And um, these are Andrew's numbers, so I, I get to quote them, but it's, re it's really the, the story of this team. Um, over the lifetime of Gateway Furniture, uh, we estimate that we've helped more than 2,000 households um, just with the provision of basic furniture. Um, what a privilege to be able to do that to some of the most needy um, people in, in our town. Um, we've given away free furniture with a value of over £650,000 over that period of time. And actually, towards the end, the last few months, where the, the need actually has been ramping up and up, but over the last few months, um, typically, on an average month, we'd be serving over 40 families um, and giving them uh, furniture. So you ask, maybe, how did we reach the decision that it's time to close the project? I think the reality is that with the economic climate as it is now, and increasingly just as this year has developed, um, it's just become more and more challenging. And we've, I guess, recognized that the financial model that we've built Gateway Furniture on um, is not actually now sustainable. It's been creaking at the seams in terms of 
Um, it's uh, the, the basis on which we make income from selling secondhand furniture and then giving it to people in need. That model is no longer able to sustain the project, really. So although, as I say, referrals have been going up and up and up, actually income has been going down. So people are giving away less, people are buying less new furniture, and so giving away less. But also the footfall in the shop has gone down um, as people are, as just the economic climate is down. and the, um, So there's less people... Uh, out there buying stuff. And so really, the, the gap between income and expenditure has gradually been increasing. And I guess that that was brought to a head by us losing the shop. So in August, some of you will have followed this story. Um, but back in August, um, suddenly the shop, which was, um, it, we, we never leased it. So we didn't, we, it was an arrangement whereby um, they actually paid us, would you believe, to have the shop because they saved business rates by having a charity use an empty building. Um, but they got, they'd been looking to sell for a long time, suddenly sold the shop, and we were at the point where we had to very quickly move out. And that really brought to a head the issues that we were aware of anyway in terms of the financial model that we built the project on. And so very quickly, um, month by month, we were losing um, or, or having to invest, I should say, a significant amount of money. And just that wasn't sustainable over, over a... Um, a very a long period of time and we really had to make a decision quite quickly because the project is part of the church so it's part of the Gateway, Swin Gateway Church Swindon um, charity it's part of the it's the same pot of finance if you like so there's only so much there's only so long a period you can um, sustain the the investment that was required every month and so we got to the point where we really had to make a decision and decided that it was time to stop. Just to give you um, a sense of the scale of that, um, if, Z, have you got the first of those graphs? We've always got to have a graph. So, oh, I don't think you can see the scale on the left-hand side, but actually we've always, as a church, over many years, we've always invested each year. It's been part of our giving away. We've invested into, um, into the project. So actually... That the, the left block there is the average amount that we've invested uh, each year over the last five years into Gateway Furniture. It's just over £20,000 a year. So that's on average. It's gone up and down, but that's the average. And then just to show you the scale of what's been going on economically this year, then this is the first seven months of this year, how much we've needed to invest into it um, to to run the project. So it, just the scale financial is not something that we're able to sustain, as you can see, uh, for very long. We've done some exploring of online sales. We've tried uh, just the model of the pop-up shop. Some of you may have seen furniture in the foyer here as we've um, kind of set up a, a small shop here. We've also worked quite hard, actually, latterly, engaging with the council on the basis that actually what a lot of what we were doing with Gateway Furniture was actually preventing uh, the council having to look after the needs of people that we were serving. So actually we were uh, doing something that otherwise they would have had to do, I guess. And so we, we had some very... So, some good conversations, I would say, probably actually better conversations with influences in the council than we've, than we've had, um, just as we've said to them, look, we, we are struggling here. We really need um, su some support. We need finance. Actually, there was one um, funding bid that we did get, not quite as much as we wanted, but um, that did come through. But actually, that on its own was not enough to bridge the gap that, that we were facing. We were having conversations with them, as I say, um, they were, 
I, I need to say this in the right way. They were, I mean, they were, the relationships with the council, I have to say, are really good. And um, that, that is a great thing. But just that they weren't forthcoming enough in terms of the money that would have been required, um, uh, certainly on the time scale that we needed it because we had to make a decision quite quickly. So although those conversations have taken place and we have pushed that as hard as we could, um, we've just got to this point. And we've, as I say, it's not an easy decision. We've been praying. We've got you guys to pray. We've wrestled it through. I would love to be able to say, stand up here and say we could make the finances work. We could kind of get the numbers to add up. But at the end of the day, they didn't. And we just have to get to the point where we say we can't, we can't continue to um, invest in this way. So it isn't, as I say, it isn't the outcome we would have hoped for. But we have genuinely explored the options. We have genuinely got before God in a way that we feel like we're properly at peace with the decision. I can say that hand on heart. We, we, we have explored, we've got before God, and we say now we really feel at peace that this is, this is the decision that we need to make um, at this point. As I say, it's been us as a leadership team, but also obviously the trustees have been thoroughly involved in this process. So um, you, you must feel free to ask us questions and indeed also the trustees as well. They've um, been involved with us in this. So I see Mark Owen over there and where I saw Malik, Malika's there and Andrew Neil at the back there. So do feel free to ask any of us about any of this. Um, but I want to just want to hand over to Andrew now just to kind of give his perspective. I, I didn't assume that he necessarily wanted to say something this morning, but just asked him and he said he would, which I'm really grateful for. And I just want to say before he comes up, I, I really want to honor Andrew. Sorry, Andrew. But So not only, I mean, not only has he led the, the team and the project amazingly and at not inconsiderable cost, um, is that the right word, what am I saying? At great cost to himself, at them as a family at times. I know it's put a strain at different points just with the way that, that Andrew has served and um, and led really, and just been the forefront of, of, the, of this amazing way in which we've been able to serve the town. So it is an incredible job that you've done, Andrew. You've, you've led amazingly, you've served amazingly, you, you have been a blessing to this town. And just also to say, over the last couple of weeks, as, we, as we've had to make very difficult, have very difficult conversations and make difficult decisions, the way that you've handled it with grace and with wisdom and um, understanding has just been outstanding, absolutely outstanding, and has made our job, you know, a little bit easier in, in what's a, a difficult moment. So thank you so much um, for all that you've given, invested, and just the way that you've conducted yourself. It's just been exemplary. So come and give your perspective. I'm really going to try not to be like uh, the new conservative leader when I do this and uh, get my eyes in the right place. Uh, this isn't my comfortable place. <laughs> this isn't my comfortable place, but I've got some um, 
I've got some notes, so excuse me if I'm looking down, but I don't want to miss out some important things. So firstly, just to say, um, as Nigel has shared, I understand why the decisions have been made. It's very, very difficult. But actually, I think from a stewardship point of view, it was the right decision, however hard that's been. But what I want to do is just talk about a number of things, really, just to honour Gateway Furniture, what it's done, and really where we are now uh, and how I feel about that. But first of all, I want to talk about me, sorry. <laughs> um, but it has been a difficult journey at times, uh, running Gateway Furniture. I've learned a lot, but there's been some really hard times. I was reflecting earlier. Uh, my first week taking over running Gateway Furniture, I had to go into hospital for an operation on my ankle. A young daughter uh, got rushed into hospital with double pneumonia, and our dog got run over and died. Um, that was my first week of uh, running Gateway Furniture. Um, so there's been some tough times and uh, some really challenging times. I think back to uh, how can you make this work? How can you get enough stock to serve the need? How can you get the resources? Where's the manpower going to come from? All of those things were very, very challenging and have been very challenging. But before I go into that a little bit more detail, I just want to honour my wife, Jenny, in that. It's very... <clears throat> I, think, I think often uh, when Gateway Furniture is talked about, my name may well get mentioned, but uh, without Jenny and the support at very difficult times, somewhere to download, it can be very difficult. And Jenny's just been amazing, so I want to honour Jenny in that. Um, but there have been hard times, and I would say I've run the project near on just over six years, and uh, the first few years were very difficult. And I felt maybe two years ago, two and a half years ago, God said to me, uh, you need to hold this lightly. Your identity is not in Gateway Furniture. Your identity is in me. And I think at that point, uh, things changed a lot in terms of it wasn't a heavy burden to carry. Uh, it wasn't so difficult to manage. And actually, things started to happen, and we had miraculous provision of stock, and, and I, I held it very lightly. Um, I think it's really important just to say that like, even where we are today, God's been amazing, and it's, he is in control. Um, I'm very thankful to have the blessing to be involved in Gateway Furniture over the time that I have. I feel like when I look back at my life, when I became a Christian, I look back and think, it was like a preparation God from birth to this point now. And I feel that the last six years, I'll look back in time and say it was another training ground from God to the next thing. So thank you, Lord. I can't say anything. Or I can't leave here today without saying a massive thank you to the amazing staff and volunteers. I know some are here today. I want to mention some by name. I apologize if I miss some off. But Dan and Beth Gallagher, wow, what amazing servants they are to the project. Uh, Graham Ford, Sean Lynch, I know Sean's here today. How amazing have those guys been lifting furniture week in, week out of people's homes into a van? It's a hard job to do. And those guys have done that diligently for many years. Um, um, there's also Jay, who's been part of the warehouse, the van, and the shop over many years as well. And... Uh, Many volunteers, Josh, my stepson, has been an amazing servant to the project, as has Dave, who's here today, for years and years, just serving tea and coffee in a cafe space and caring and sharing for people in that space, along with Maria and Shane and loads more. That I, I'm sorry if I miss anybody off, but thank you. You guys have been amazing. Um, 
there are genuinely too many stories to tell because I think today is also, it's very sad, but I think we should celebrate also what Gateway Furniture has achieved. Um, and I want to share just two stories. One is a story of a volunteer and one is a story of a, a family that we helped because this, is a, this has been replicated many, many, many times over, but these two just stick in my head. So first of all, it's a volunteer story about Jay, uh, and this is his story. He moved to Swindon over nine years ago, and he'd been drinking heavily for 20 years. Most of that time, he was signed off from work with depression and social anxiety. Around eight years ago, he made a decision to address his alcohol addiction. He went to a local charity, uh, who, and he got help. And they suggested to him to come and volunteer with Gateway Furniture as they knew what we did, helping people in need with furniture in the town. He started to volunteer for three days a week. And after four months, we were in a position to offer him a paid role. And Jay doesn't know Jesus. He hasn't encountered Jesus. Um, he's not a Christian. But I've had the pleasure to talk to him about Christ over many years now. And not only that, he's seen the love of Jesus in action as we've blessed and helped people across the town. And I pray that he will encounter Jesus. And I know God's timing is perfect. But I spoke to Jay on Friday. He's somebody who is sadly going to lose his job. And this is, what, um, this is his words that he was happy for me to share today. Gateway Furniture has given me the opportunity of living my life. I'm now in a stable relationship, have a grandchild, and I've regained my dignity and been part of something that has blessed my community. My time at Gateway Furniture has helped put my past behind me it's given me financial and emotional stability, and I've been free from alcohol for seven years and ten months. Although Gateway Furniture is now closing, I can face the future with confidence, and I will forever be thankful for the time I had in the project and for helping me have a future I never thought I would have. That's somebody who volunteered with us and then worked for us. And again, I just want to share one referral story, and this isn't unique. This, is, this kind of encapsulates what we've done over the years. This was feedback we got from a local social worker a couple of years ago. I just want to say a huge thank you to you all. It was really nice to come into your shop and meet the staff and find out how the system of referrals works. It was nice to be offered a drink and a biscuit while I was waiting. Whilst waiting to discuss the referral, it was also nice to see how much the shop was used by so many different people, all so friendly and appreciative of your service. The support and kindness you have shown to the family I referred has helped in so many ways and had a significant impact. The children and dad are no longer on the streets or sofa surfing, and the children have got a bed they can call their own rather than a sofa or in foster care placement. If we had been unable to get the furniture for the family today, we have been seeking legal advice about the children going into care. What a positive and fantastic outcome, the difference you have all made due to your kindness. The items are very much appreciated and we can't thank you enough. And it's nice to see how people still help others and how much of a difference it makes due to your actions. Even though your drivers were busy, knowing it was an emergency situation, they were still able to deliver the same day. And we thank them for that. So that's just two stories that represent a lot of what has happened over the years. Um, so just as you'll be pleased to know, I'm getting to the end. <laughs> um, I think going back to, I understand why the decision's been made, although it's very difficult. And it's a very hard time. You know, a lot's been invested. And I just want to, I was speaking to Graham Baxter a couple of days ago, uh, who's very kind and prayed for me. And uh, he mentioned about Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 8. I don't know if it's possible to get that up on the screen, but I've been... Um, I've been reading this and praying over this the last few days. I just want to quickly read that out. 
a time for everything. For everything there is a season and a time for everything, so for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And as it is very hard, but I hold on to, it's a time to plant, there's a time to pluck up what's been planted, there's a time to break down, there's a time to build, and there's a time to keep and a time to cast away. And in Ecclesiastes 7.10, it says, Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. And in my heart, I genuinely believe that we will look back, as hard as it is, whether it be three months, six months, or a year, we will look back and say, wow, God, you had something bigger and better planned. Because he will not let those people in this town who are in desperate situations suffer. So I trust in that and praise God for that. Finally, I just want to say thank you to every single person in this room, the church body. Without you guys, the project would not have, not have happened. Um, so thank you for your prayer and thank you for your support. And God bless you all. Brilliant, Andrew. Thank you so much for sharing. So good. Um, we will get round and pray. Let's pray for Andrew, pray for the team afterwards in just a minute when we finish. It'll be great to get a crowd of people around you, but just amazing to hear your faith and confidence in God. And um, Sean, great to see you here this morning, by the way. And Amanda, thank you for coming. It's great to see Sean, who's also a member of the team. And maybe we could pray for you you as well at the end. That would be great, Sean, if, you, if you're happy with that. Um, so please continue to pray for those who have been involved. Just a, few, just a couple of takeaways that I just want to leave us with. One is to pray for the team. Another is, yes, to celebrate, as Andrew says, what has been done um, right from when Kevin and Dawn started this. Um, it has been an amazing expression of God's heart for the town and it, it was their gift in the first place. We didn't, it wasn't our idea as leaders or anything like that. It was Dawn and Kevin with a vision from God and using the gifts that God had given them. And that's the way that we continue to operate. Right now, just a couple of things to leave you with. One is that it actually, on a slightly different note, I just want to put this before us. It does leave us with some financial challenges where we are right now as a church. Um, I want to illustrate that with another quick graph of our reserves over the last few years. So it's been absolutely right to invest in this. As I say, it's been part of our giving away as a church. As a charity, we have um, a reserves policy, which means that we need to keep a certain amount of funds um, for eventualities like the very one that we're talking about now, now, where we need to spend more than we may be envisaged. Um, that policy sets our reserves each year that we carry as a charity in a band. So they ha they're, they're meant to stay in a band between, uh, between the two lines that you see on the graph, 
which is calculated on the basis of a proportion of our expenditure, basically. So the, the amount of the size of the charity, a proportion of that we need to keep all the time in reserves. And we, we measure that in terms of a band. We always do that. So this, again, sorry you can't see the axes on this graph, but again, this is the last five years. And this is our reserves position as a charity as a whole. This is Gateway Church Swindon. So you see the bands of our reserves policy, and more or less our reserves have got, sometimes they go a bit under at the end of the year, sometimes they go a bit over. Actually, where we're forecasting will be at the end of this year, um, because of this investment and just all that's gone on with Gateway Furniture will be down here. So this is a position we haven't been in before financially. That's not to be a big heavy thing. We absolutely trust in God. It's just to give you the context in terms of the financial challenge that we've been grappling with and why we needed to make the decision when we did. Um, so that's the position. We will need to pray. We will need to come up with a plan as how we respond to that um, uh, as we go on now. Uh, and it may be that God prompts you just in terms of if you haven't started giving yet, you're part of this family, um, or it's, you haven't reviewed your giving for a, for a period of time, then just want to invite you to do that. Let, let God speak. I don't want to make a big thing of that, but we will need to pray and we will need to plan in terms of that um, overall financial position. That's one thing. The other thing just want to say is that we, could, we will continue to be a blessing to Swindon. It is absolutely what God has called us to. It's absolutely what we believe in. As Andrew says, it will be, there are seasons and it will be different things at different times. And it will be different things for different ones of us according to the gifts and the visions that God has given us. So God gave Kevin and Dawn a vision back in 2009 that has led to all that we are celebrating this morning. But there are others that God raises up and brings at different points because as a people, as God's people, we believe that part of why God puts us here is to be a blessing and to serve and to love and to display Jesus to the town where God has put us. Amen. And so I want to finish really with, um, with Jeremiah 29. I want to read this and I want us to really grab hold of this in faith in terms of this is this is not the end of the story. This is another chapter in the story and God continues to call us as, as he speaks to us, as he gifts us to be a blessing where he puts us, whether that be in the street with our neighbors or more, or, or more widely uh, uh, across the town. We will continue to work with others in this, with other churches, with the council. As I say, relationships are good. And one of the amazing things actually that has changed significantly over the, that period of the last 13 years is the way that relationships between God's people have been built, both across churches, but also with other agencies in the town. Um, that has changed significantly. And so we have amazing opportunities uh, because of that in the days ahead. So uh, I could talk about other things that God's doing amongst us, just so encouraged by the response uh, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about making this space available for warm welcome and uh, inviting people in. And so we will continue to serve and we will continue to bless as God leads us. And that is for all of us as God speaks to us. But I just want to read this passage from Jeremiah 29. It's very familiar, probably. It gets quoted in all sorts of different contexts. But actually, the context is that God's people were in exile in Babylon. Um, they didn't really like being there. It was a difficult. They were, out, they were away from their home. Um, but actually, the prophet Jeremiah spoke into their situation and said, 
this is the attitude that you are to have in the place where I've put you for this time. And that is the same with us. God's put us here in Swindon for purpose. And so let me read, as I read this, let's apply this to ourselves. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles. And we're exiles in, in a sense, aren't we? Uh, we're from another kingdom now. We're part of God's kingdom and we're placed here in Swindon whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams that they dream. They were basically saying, oh, don't worry, just uh, hunker down and and you'll you'll be rescued out of this situation before, before too long. No, God says, no, get involved. Get right into the thick of the place where I've put you. I believe that we've done that in Gateway Furniture. I believe that we will continue to do that in all sorts of different ways. Um, I did not send them, declares the Lord. He's talking about these, these false prophets. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you, I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place, that is Jerusalem. For I know the plans I have to you, for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And so we find ourselves in this position today. We've been able to bless Swindon in the way that, that we have through Gateway Furniture. We're at a new chapter point now, and we will continue to be a blessing as God leads us. But we must seek his face, and we must pray for those who are involved right now. We want to pray for the team that God would bless them and provide for them and lead them, and that us as a people, he would continue to lead us and provide for us but also enable us and cause us to be a blessing where he's put us. So let's continue to seek God for that because that's what he's called us to. Amen.